Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. I'm joined by the sports guy. Michael Tillery is here. And of course, he is the writer who has done work all over the place for Sportskeeda, for Anscape, and many other publications. Good morning, Michael. How are you today? How's that? That's why I keep it muted, but yeah, my fault. No, but yeah, so good. Uh, I am good. Thank you for asking. And, uh, you know, yesterday was kind of a crazy day in sports in so many respects. But before we get into the obvious NFL stuff, I got to say this story out of the PGA for you golf fans out there. Nick Dunlap, he's 20 years old. He is a sophomore at the University of Alabama. He plays golf for them. Well, he won the American Express Tournament Sunday in La Quinta, California with a score of 29 under par. But here's the crazy thing. So he beat this guy, the South African guy, Christian Bisentout. Uh, that guy came in second. But since Dunlop is an amateur, he does not get to take home the one point million dollar prize. I mean, is that winning or is that losing? I'm sure. <laughs> Ooh, there is no moral victory in that. Like I said to you earlier, you know, when uh, we were texting back and forth, you know, in this age of NIL, I think that that will be changed. It has to be changed, right? You win a tournament and lose a million dollars? And the guy who is who lost the tournament is actually the winner because he took home the $1.5 million. I thought that was funny. But you know what? This guy, uh, this young man, Dunlap, he is probably going to be fine because I'm sure he will be showered with money uh, if he is willing to relinquish his amateur status. Because I think as long as he remains an amateur, he can't get an agent. He can't really capitalize off of this. And, you know, he probably wasn't even expecting to win it. So we'll see. He may be an amateur no more after this, because, you know, with golf, you don't know. You you could win a tournament now and not win another one for another 10, 15 years. Golf is tough, but... I don't know what's tougher, golf or NFL football. We'll have to ask some folks that play both and compare. But the NFL was on fire over the weekend as we got down to our uh, AFC and NFC championship games. But uh, it all worked out in uh, Lamar Jackson's favor. I think he was the big winner this weekend. Would you agree, Michael? Yeah, L- L- Lamar was doing unprecedented things, you know, on the football field. You know, two touchdowns on the ground two in the air, had 100 yards in the ground. I think he had 162 yards in, in the air. You know, no turnovers. Right. Very efficient. It seems like Baltimore, because of their stellar defense, they just need him to make plays. And because he's probably the most electrifying player in the NFL, he's going to make those plays, especially when the defense is in man-to-man coverage and he's able to have the defensive backs backs turn as he's running down the field. Right. Well, I mean, that touchdown in the second half, you know, they were a little shaky uh, in the first half against the Texans. And then they got it together in the second half, they said, because Lamar gave some kind of, quote unquote, fire and brimstone speech at the half because he was taking a few hits out there. He came in there and whatever he said lit up everybody on that team and this very triumphant touchdown where he ran into the tunnel. That was like, that's going to be in his, you know, memoir, documentary, whatever you call it. When he ran into that tunnel after scoring that touchdown in the second half and then ran back uh, up the tunnel and took a picture. (laughs) 
had to love it. You know, yeah. it was great. It was great. And I, I want to tell all the Eagles fans out there, you know, you can you can root for the Ravens now. Let us put all of our support behind Lamar Jackson Birds fans because you can still root for a bird team. The team is more purple than green. But uh, I think it's time for everyone to put their support behind Lamar Jackson. He is one of the 14 black quarterbacks who started out this year. He has been talked down on at every aspect of his career as he wanted to play quarterback. And you got to respect his mother, uh, Leslie Jones, who is the most mysterious mother in the M- uh, uh, NFL. We never see her. They were showing CJ Stroud's mother praying for him during the game. We never even saw them d- clip to uh, Leslie Jones. I don't know where she sits in the building. I don't even know if she comes to the games, but certainly she is the person who uh, has to take the credit for raising a son so confident that he was able to negotiate his own contract without an agent. She got the agent money uh, on the contract. And um, he also helped Jalen hurts because Jalen signed his contract after Lamar did. So um, all the kudos to that young man and for taking, you know, all the criticism, Michael, because he's really been maligned over time. Well, you know, I, I try to explain context to fans, casual fans who were just watching the NFL. When Lamar Jackson came into the league, he took over for injured Joe Flacco. He went six and one. He lost to Anthony Lynn, who was the, the coach at San Diego. Mm-hmm. At the Lynn employed a bunch of defensive backs in the defense instead of bigger linebackers and even offensive linemen to stop Lamar Jackson as a rookie. So mm-hmm. that was the first loss. His second loss and his third loss, he hasn't had the receivers. This is his first year that he has an assortment of receivers led by rookie Zay Flowers, who's having an incredible year. Yeah. And now, Lamar Jack, you're seeing his talent perform. He is the only one of these quarterbacks who has signed this big contract that is still in the playoffs. Right. Isn't that fascinating? And of course, Odell Beckham Jr. is on the Ravens uh, this year. He's had a solid year after injury and disappointment, even though he already has his Super Bowl ring because he won he won it with the Rams, although he didn't end up playing in the Super Bowl because he was injured. And the other thing is Lamar has been healthy. So that has been a great thing. Now, uh, Kansas City, they were victorious last night and uh, they will be moving on to face the Ravens, who you got in that game? I, I have I have Baltimore for for this one reason and one reason only. Eric Bieniemy is no longer on the Kansas City staff, uh. and looking at what is happening to the Kansas City Chiefs this year, they've fallen off a notch, and it looks like they've had a bunch of offensive troubles with the drops notwithstanding. They led the league in drops. That's that's a big reason why they're losing. But their continuity isn't there. They're, they're now relying on the talent of Patrick Mahomes to win games when he had a bunch of support in the past that can get the Chiefs through in a dominant way. And that's what they relied on last night because uh, they squeaked out a victory over the Buffalo Bills, 27 to 24. 
which could have gone the Bills' way had the kicker, Tyler Bass, not missed the game-tying score. Now, people were saying to me this morning that uh, the, the win seemed like it took that kick. And I was like, but Justin Tucker would have made that kick. I don't care what you say. Justin Tucker is money when it comes to it. He probably is sitting there, you know, uh, he's a scientist when it comes to kicking. He would have measured the wind uh, trajectory and the amplitude and this. <laughs> so I think he would have made it. But uh, in any case, uh, the Chiefs will be facing the Ravens and the 49ers will play the Lions. Now, who's looking good in the 49ers Lions? Because a lot of people feel like the Lions are really just playing on emotion. Can they sustain it to take out the 49ers in an upset? Well, the one thing that they're going to have to fight through uh, this week is not having the game at, at Ford Field. You know, it's going to be in Santa Clara, you know, with the San Francisco being home. You know, so they're going to have to rely on more than just emotion to get through. They have an emotional coach who's going to keep them emotional throughout the game, given his reactions on the sideline and Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell is a heck of a coach. And if it wasn't for D'Amico Ryans, I would have him as as coach of the year. Mm. Him, Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin and uh, Dan Campbell deserve coach of the year for the what have they have done for their organization this year. Um, it, it, it seems like San Francisco is ripe for the taking. You, you saw some kinks in Brock Purdy's game that we haven't seen uh, throughout the year. If you put pressure in his face, he can be beat. And with that big dude, on, on the outside, you know, and Aiden Hutchinson and what he has done this year for the Detroit Lions, you know, with all the sacks that he has had, he is going to be a problem for San Francisco, being he's on the opposite side of, of, of Trent Williams. Uh-huh. So, you know, we're, we're going to see who's going to win the game, probably in the first quarter, just about a battle with the trenches, who could run the ball. You know, who is able to have their quarterback have the time that he needs to get rid of the ball downfield? And I, I'm i going to say I think Detroit is going to win this game. It just feels like they have the momentum, you know, to, to defeat a right San Francisco game that really hasn't been challenged. And given they had that first-round bye, you know, they've only played what, one game. And, you know, you can tell that Detroit is really wanting – for the entire region to win this game, especially after Michigan won the national championship. Mm, well, that's too many championships for them. No, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. But you know what? Uh, shout out to my friends in Detroit. They are uh, not being uh, as successful with their NBA team right now. So, you know, the Lions deserve it. So if they make it into the Super Bowl, as long as Lamar Jackson is holding the Lombardi trophy at the end of the day, I don't really care who he goes up against. And I feel like it's great that the Ravens have to meet the Chiefs because even though I'm sure that as you noted, they've had some issues this year, Patrick Mahomes is still the league's reigning, just fantastic quarterback. And I think in order for Lamar to get the respect that he truly deserves, he has to beat Patrick in a game of this magnitude. And once that happens, then hopefully they're going to stop talking down on this brother because I feel as though Lamar is carrying and, and hopefully this doesn't become too big for him. And hopefully he's not thinking of it like that. But I feel that he is carrying the history of black quarterbacks in the NFL, the ones that were denied so many opportunities, the ones that uh, were not.
not able to achieve as they might have wanted to. I feel like he's carrying a lot of that on his back. Hopefully he's not seeing it that way, but I see it that way. And so I would love to see him win a Super Bowl. You also have to say that that Lamar Jackson, he'll be the, the first quarterback to win two MVP trophies before an age of, of 27. Mm. You know, so Patrick Mahomes has two MVPs. He has two, you know, Super Bowl rings. Lamar Jackson is poised to go into that conversation as the best player in the NFL if he completes this season. Well, let's give our props to uh, the great pundit, Cam Newton, who said and has called correctly the quarterbacks to this point, the ones who are game changers and the ones who are game managers. I think Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, those are game changers. We shall see if uh, uh, Jared Goff and Brock Purdy, that's the battle of the game managers, I would say. (laughs) So we shall see how that goes. Now, uh, the Eagles, they have made some moves since the offseason. Nick Sirianni is still in, but it looks like the D.C. Sean Desai is out. What is happening with the Eagles? Because I got to tell you, Michael, as I was watching the playoffs and watching people execute and tackle, I kind of, you know, I might have had a change of heart. I might have said, get rid of everybody from Howie Roseman on down and figure out how we can get the best out of Jalen Hurts the same way that the Ravens have gotten the best out of Lamar Jackson. But but telling you, I got to give you major props and major credit for saying what might come to reality. The 30 for 30 for the Eagles this season. (laughs) Right. Because, listen, watching the other games, as as you just said, alluded to, you saw a different type of passion, Uh different type of professionalism. And it ran throughout the entire organization. You can see it almost to every man on the field that the Eagles just didn't have something. There is something truly amiss with this team. And I think it has nothing to do with the coaches. I don't know if we're ever going to find out, but for guys to almost let go of arm tackles, like you're, you're seeing all this stuff on YouTube where, you know, the, these players aren't really giving the effort right. to make tackle, even though their pride has been shaking by losing, you know, those five of, of six games, six or seven. Right. You know, right. we're, we're, we saw something we don't have the answers to. I think it has nothing to do with the coach. I think that the coaches, uh, the offensive and defensive coordinators were both collateral damage. Mm. You know, Tritcher has left as well. You know, so I don't know if this is a public relations thing to kind of shake up and show the fans that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie are trying to do something. You know, we've seen in the past where they fired Doug Peterson. We've seen what, you know, Andy Reid left. You know, these were very successful coaches here. So Sirianni is also in that that realm of successful coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. But because of this, this stink that's around this team right now, the, the, the depression of the fans that I talk to every day to ask me what's going on with this team, you know, something has to happen. I don't know if it's going to uh, be something in the draft or, you know, this has to be the best offseason that Howie Roseman has ever had in terms of, you know, trying to acquire some defensive backs and trying to acquire that that tackle stalwart and TJ Edwards that was let go to Chicago. So we will see. You but know, something is with this team and I don't know what it is. You know, it burns me to see Nelson Aguilar 
enjoying life as a Baltimore Raven. And also everyone said uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was an idiot for going to the Lions for less money, but look at him now. So Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is like, ha ha, ha ha ha. And that just burns me up. But in the meantime, we do have the Sixers who are uh, doing quite well. And uh, they are uh, looking like a team that is serious about uh, going to uh, potentially all the way through the playoffs of the NBA finals this year. If, and it's a big if, and you know what that if is. If Joe M B remains healthy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, over the last 10, 20 games, he's 37 points. Over the last... 10 games, he's he's 36 points, 36.8, 12 rebounds. He, you know, averaging 44 points and 12 points and 12 rebounds against the the reigning champion, Nikolai Jokic, you know, who's only averaging 23 points and 13 rebounds versus Embiid. Uh-huh. So he is playing at a historic clip. Maxi is is 25 points over those 10 games. Tobias Harris is 19.8 points over those last 10 games. So they now have that third player in position that can score the basket for the Sixers. In the past, you know, when it was Joe Embiid and Ben Simmons, you know, Ben Simmons, you know, defensive and, you know, assists and steals and you know, what he was doing as an all-around player, he was not that second guy to give the, the, the Sixers 30 points when they needed it. Right. He's like Tobias Harris, you know, who has two 30-point games this season, is that guy who has is now in position to be that third score and really give the, the Sixers that fourth quarter support that Joel Embiid needs. Well, it just seems like if Joel Embiid can play healthy, there are also role players like Kelly Oubre Jr. and Pat Beverly that are adding to the mix that maybe there is this, this could be the year where all those pieces uh, come together the way that they need to be. Let's hope the same can happen for the Eagles. Got a shout out Tara Vanderveer. She became the all-time winningest coach in college basketball history on Sunday. She passed Duke and uh, fellow former Army coach Mike Krzyzewski with her 1,203rd career victory and Coco Goff is in the Australian Open. She plays tonight. So let's hope that she continues to advance. Michael Tillery, thank you so much, our sports guy. And uh, I will see you next week because I'm quite sure there will be more drama to talk about with the Eagles reality show. (laughs) You're going to be the director. Okay. It needs to be at this point. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 